Hello, I'm Matt, and this is Ghostthropology. Ghostthropology presents discussion of ghost stories and beliefs, and how we share ghost folklore, and importantly, how belief in the supernatural reflects who we are. While I don't know when or where or how you are listening, I hope it's dark outside, as that is the best time for ghost stories. This is Matt, the ghost anthropologist. I am once again doing a special field report. This time I'm in Monterey, California and the surrounding areas. I'm here to talk about a story that was featured in episode 15 regarding a Chinese fisherman whose hand was caught under an abalone and the tide came in and drowned him. His ghost is said to still haunt the shores. So I'm going to visit a few different spots throughout the uh, Monterey area. While the story is typically associated with the beaches near Cannery Row, the story is almost certainly fictional, so I can uh, visit a few different locations and talk a bit about this. Now, if you're thinking of Monterey and you're imagining the beach, one of the things that uh, anybody who's been here will know, but those who haven't may not, is these are not the wide open sandy beaches that you typically think of with areas such as Santa Cruz, Santa Barbara, Malibu, and so on. These are much rockier. The sandstone outcroppings take up much of the space and the sandy areas of the beach tend to be significantly smaller. It's a great environment for abalone and other shellfish uh, to grow. It's not the best environment if you're out for a uh, romantic beach stroll. It is, however, quite striking and if you've never been out here, I highly recommend coming out. The story focuses on a Chinese uh, fisherman who is gathering abalone. And at the time that the story is set, Monterey was generally a fairly poor place. It was uh, made famous by John Steinbeck's work, especially Cannery Row, which focused on the fishing industry. Well, the fishing industry eventually collapsed in this region. It's grown back a bit, but uh, for quite a while, it was not a reliable source of income. And in the time that lapsed after the collapse, Monterey would eventually grow to be something of a wealthy enclave for uh, some of the better off people in California. Right now I'm in one of the wealthier parts of it, which is Pacific Grove. The landscape here is largely Victorian houses. I'm next to a road, you can hear the traffic, a lot of it tourist traffic and rented mini vehicles. There are a lot of Victorian houses, impressive pseudo-Victorian houses, hotels, and some really quite striking beachfront parks that are pretty cool. You definitely get a feel for what this place though would have been like prior to a lot of this construction. And it's definitely a, an environment that would have been great for an abalone fisherman. In fact, Near one of the locations I am, there's an archaeological site that is filled with abalone shell from the Ohlone people who lived here and used abalone as a staple food. Right now I'm standing near Point Lobos and I'm going to uh, check in again when I get to another location. This place right now is an uh, image of tourist fun and also local relaxation. Not exactly the uh, environment that you'd expect to find a ghost story. 
still in Pacific Grove, but as I'm walking, I'm passing a place called Borg's Motel. I can only assume that you will be assimilated very comfortably, resistance is futile, and you should probably tip the, I'm assuming, cybernetic housekeeping staff. Walking through Pacific Grove back to my car, a lot of the houses out here have signs on them indicating the date that they were constructed and who they were constructed by. Many of them are relatively humble cottages, but some of them are really quite impressive. And it does give you an indication of how even in the 19th century there was likely a fairly definite stratification between the rich and the poor in this area. As much as we may uh, have a better picture in some ways of those who were poor, thanks to the writing of John Steinbeck, it's worth keeping in mind that this was definitely part of life here. Probably part of the texture of life in every town. And it also puts the place of the Chinese fishermen into a uh, greater context because they would have been disadvantaged even by the standards of many of the poor white residents. Point Lobos Park, which I was at a little bit earlier, is near one of the locations where a lot of the fishermen did live for quite some time. Nothing of what they had there remains now, but uh, some of these fairly impressive houses from that date to the same period, they're still here and they're still preserved. Well, I've now gone north of Cannery Row. I am in the uh, downtown Monterey area, currently standing at the Monterey State Historic Park. One of the things that is really quite interesting about this is whereas this had been a place of uh, a specific type of maritime commerce with ships coming in and having their cargo accounted for at the customs house, which is a few hundred feet from where I'm standing at this moment, it is now a place of primarily tourist commerce. If you want to spend way too much on a hotel at Monterey, you can go to the Portela Hotel and Spa, which is a few hundred feet north of me at the moment, or you could go to one of the other hotels right in this immediate area. All of them are very, very pricey. The image of Monterey is kind of a playground for the affluent, comes uh, very clear here. And it's an interesting contrast with the sleepy fishing village that would have been here as late as the 1930s. While I uh, sincerely doubt I'm going to see the ghost of a Chinese fisherman, this place is certainly conjuring certain historic ghosts, and it's quite fascinating to see how the city has changed. I am now in a park just south of Fisherman's Wharf, standing next to a statue to Santa Rosalia, patron saint of the Italian fishermen in Monterey. The statue was uh, erected to pay respects to the Sicilian fishermen who, uh, in the early 20th century, were a major part of the fishing industry here in this area. The coastline here is the very rocky shore that I had uh, described earlier. Most of the area has uh, historic buildings or buildings made to look uh, very similar to the historic buildings near them. And the park I'm in actually contains a concrete foundation on a retaining wall with the remains of brick walls for some type of structure, I don't know which. From here, you can look out on Fisherman's Wharf, which would at one point in time have been exactly what the name implies, a, a wharf where fishermen would bring in their catches. It's now 
pretty much entirely a tourist destination covered in candy shops, seafood restaurants, and places to buy tchotchkes. And if it sounds as if I'm being dismissive of this area, I, I want to make clear, I love Monterey. This is actually one of my favorite places to visit. I genuinely enjoy it. I am one of the maybe a little too affluent tourists who comes here. So uh, any criticism of that, understand, is a criticism of myself as well. Nonetheless, it really is striking the way that uh, this place is paying tribute to the past industry of the fisheries, while nonetheless really becoming home to a modern tourist industry primarily. This morning while I was eating breakfast, I finished reading a book by historian Taya Mills, which was about the use of slave stories in southern ghost tourism. And I can't help but think about the parallels between some of what she described and how the stories of enslaved people were turned into essentially a type of kitsch in order to help sell uh, southern plantation tourism and the way that some of the ghost stories of this area, which include the ghosts of uh, Chinese fishermen, but also a number of other spirits, likewise get turned into a type of kitsch in order to help sell the tourism here. It's uh, something that's very much on my mind since I uh, just finished reading the book today, and it's definitely influencing how I'm thinking about this story as I walk around this area. I'm currently standing in one of the preserved and to some degree recreated Spanish gardens of uh, one of the old residences now part of the Monterey Historic Museum run by the California State Parks. It's a really stunning place. I'm going to take some photos and uh, hopefully those will be up with the blog entry for this particular uh, episode. But one of the things that I find myself thinking as I'm sitting here is that there is a tendency to present, in some ways, a romanticized version of the Spanish colonial period here. And I don't want to oversell this. Unlike what I've heard about, for example, plantations in the American South, there is definitely an effort made here to show that there were people here prior to the Spanish and to show the effects that Spanish colonialism had on them. Um, it's not a completely silent there is a discussion of that, I guess is the best way to put it, which is not always the case in historic tourist spots. Nonetheless, the fact that the Spanish buildings are preserved means that, whether intentional or not, it does create a setting where it's difficult not to be, to some degree, swept up in the romance of colonial Alta California, which is itself something of a fiction that's loosely based on the historical facts. It's hard to not see this place as in some ways an idealized location, somewhere that it would have been excellent to live. But of course, that would probably only have been true if you were one of the Spanish officials and not, you know, a native Ohlone person or a Spanish soldier or any number of other people who was not too terribly high up on the uh, social status. Still, if you ever find yourself in Monterey, you absolutely should come and see these gardens. They are really worthwhile. I'm now standing very close to the Cannery Row area, in fact, right off of Cannery Row Road. 
in kind of the heart of the tourist area of Monterey. This location is both one of the areas often cited to be where the Chinese abalone fisherman's ghost is cited, but also is uh, the home to a lot of what people think of as historic Monterey. John Steinbeck's book Cannery Row, of course, is largely based around here. This is where most of the canneries for the sardine and abalone fisheries were and the ruins of those are still present. Some of the canneries have been converted into other facilities, including the uh, now famous Monterey Bay Aquarium, which is a really excellent place to visit if you're ever in this area. Others have been turned into hotels, and still others have essentially been left to rot. Looking around me, I see a number of concrete walls from facilities that are no longer standing and have left just one or two walls. Makes for an interesting viewing experience. While some of the historic preservation that's happened here is definitely respectful and interesting in many cases, a lot of it is also just flat-out kitschy. There is no shortage of Monterey-themed gift shops and uh, other such places that really trade heavily in a cartoonish version of what this place was once like. And the uh, contrast of the rather nice but very expensive hotels here on Cannery Row with the conditions that John Steinbeck reported in his writing is really quite striking. As I'm recording this, I'm overlooking one of the beaches where I've often heard people say that they could find the ghost of the Chinese fishermen, and I see families playing on it. Everybody seems to be having a good day despite it being overcast and a bit cold. I definitely see how a place that does have such clear ruins of the past in the form of the concrete walls left without context as well as many of the other facilities in the area would elicit a sense that there should be ghosts present. I think very often when people think they see ghosts, what they're really thinking they see is evidence of the past around them. And I'm not alone in thinking that. A number of different scholars who've written about the public interest in ghosts, including Michelle Hanks, who I've interviewed, and Taya Miles, whose work I've recently read, have really talked about how often ghost stories are a way of identifying and thinking about the past, but very often thinking about the past without actually really coming to terms with elements of the past that are perhaps less appealing than we'd like them to be. On a personal note, one of the things that I really do like about this stretch is most of California's coast, the water is murky. At this part of the Monterey Bay, it's not. The water's quite clear, almost as clear as it is in some tropical areas. I've really been enjoying, as I've been recording the different segments of this particular field report, just watching the water and seeing it move. It's a uh, very soothing thing to me to smell and hear and see the water. Walking around here on Cannery Row, I am currently underneath a hotel. It's built on concrete pillars overlooking the beach. The location I'm in at high tide is completely submerged. I definitely see how if you got your hands stuck on a rock, you could easily drown out here. This uh, particular area underneath the hotel is pretty creepy. It's fascinating, but it's creepy. And I could definitely create some ghost stories that I think would uh, be quite entertaining. If you have a weird tale, have had a strange experience of your own, 
or know of a bit of local lore that should get a wider audience, please feel free to contact me at ghostthropology at gmail.com. That's G-H-O-S-T-H-R-O-P-O-L-O-G-Y at gmail. You can find more at kmmamedia.com. Click on the Ghostthropology link and you can find episodes, transcripts, sources, and a link to support us through Patreon.